I am safe. I am loved. I am protected. My needs and feelings are valid. I deserve happiness. I am in control of my feelings. I decide how I feel regardless of others' outbursts or actions. No one can inflict anything on me that I cannot handle. I love myself. I can protect myself. I can provide for myself. I show myself compassion. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of On The Moon. I'm so grateful to be alive today and to be able to record this podcast and to have this creative outlet and space. Um, Today, I am just radiating with honestly true gratitude, just again, just for being alive. And so that's the vibe, that's the energy for today for me. Um, And I'm like, I'm excited about this episode because it's just like all of the messages that have been coming through for me personally and just the messages that I have been sharing with the collective as of like last week and um, the weekly pool that I did today. It's just like everything is just so synchronized and I just always feel... I feel good. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel um, almost validated when um, I see connections with certain things because it just feels good to be in alignment with my highest soul, to be in alignment with um, God's spirit, to be in alignment with my honorable ancestors. It just feels good. So um, I'm really excited because like I said, there have been a lot of connections and we're going to get into it. So For this episode, we are going to talk about the Taurus New Moon that's taking place tomorrow. If you're listening to this, then it's happening today. And we are going to talk about inner child work. So, let's get into it. double whammy um because the sun as you know the sun is in Taurus and so the moon is in Taurus and I just love when it's when the sun and the moon are in conjunction with one another because it just amplifies the energy and it just kind of like increases the need to do certain things and so um specifically with this conjunction because the sun and moon are both in Taurus and for a long time I want to say I've never really um interacted with that Turanian energy um I know a few Taurus I guess honestly let me be honest because I ain't going you know Taurus always kind of like in a way I want to say intimidated me And I think it was during those times for me personally when I did not have a strong sense of self self, and I was not being my authentic self. Because one thing about Taurus is that Taurus is going to show up as their selves regardless. 
And so um, for people who are afraid to be themselves, their energy can be very intimidating. And Taurus are are very grounded people and grounded individuals. Um, they're kind of like, they're kind of like almost like military in their approach. And that isn't a bad thing because as we, you know, mature and go through life, we understand how important it is to have a strong foundation. Um, you know, on the downside, Taurus can be um, against certain changes and they can kind of be, you know, stubborn, of course, and stuck in their ways. But Taurus always teaches us the importance of being grounded, the importance of coming back and making sure that what we're doing is, you know, truly what we want to do. And more importantly, that there is purpose. And sometimes that purpose is monetary, but more so on like, um, with like the materialistic side of it. So when I think of like materialism, I think of it from a standpoint of, um, of the tarot where materialism is not just, you know, money It's not just jewels. It's not just like physical physical items that are, you know, near and dear to us. Materialistic, when I think of materialism and materialistic items, I just think of just like general abundance. I just think of things that are sort of, they have possessed value that are worth, that are worth, um, that are worth conjuring, if you will, that are worth going after, that are worth preserving. And again, that isn't always money. It is always like a house or an apartment, but it's just like values. I guess that's what I'm really trying to say, values. And so that's why lately I have grown a deeper appreciation for Taurus. And this, like just this entire time, this Taurus season, I have been finding myself just more grounded and just thinking more logically about how I want to expand my network, how I want to expand um, my legacy in a way that isn't just fixated on the monetary growth, but in a way that is fulfilling creatively. And that kind of like segues into what this new moon is going to illuminate for us because Taurus are also creative beings and I think that we don't always um we don't typically recognize that side of Taurus because they are kind of like I said they are kind of like straight to the point cut and dry but they are very creative um they 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 make things in their own rights and respects and they're very confident about their creative endeavors because again Taurus are sure of themselves so they know that you know what they are expressing or pursuing creatively that is the shit and you know whether you like it or not like it's working for me that's what it gives so this new moon is really highlighting the um the necessity of preserving ourselves, preserving our energy, and really coming 
coming together with our higher self and realizing what is it that we truly value. Like I said, with my with myself personally, like really sitting down and thinking about how I can expand my creative pursuits. Like what is it that I'm really trying to do? What is it about my creative process that I really value, that I really want to exemplify? And so this new moon is coming in here to tell us that it's time to do that. It's time to do that inner that inner reflection, that inner work. But how 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 we're going to approach this is different. It's not necessarily approaching it with like, okay, I got to do this, this, that, and third. It's more so approaching it from a way that is nurturing, a way that is nourishing, and that's through self care. So, it's best to use this time to really chill. I don't think y'all was ready to hear that because whenever there is like a new moon cycle, full moon cycle, it's just like you gotta do this, you gotta do that. But no, this 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 particular new moon is all about self care. It's all about preserving yourself. And I said this before, um, in my weekly spread that I did today, the message that came up was you know, you, you have been working hard, you have been trying to figure things out, you have been trying to heal these emotional wounds. For some of you, you, for some of you, the work that you have been avoiding has been chewing your ass out (laughs) this Taurus season. And so now this new moon is here to kind of like sit you down and allow you to catch your breath but allow you to 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 really revisit what it is that you need to do and more importantly set boundaries this is the second time that boundaries have has come up today and so it's really time in this introspection and this time of rest to rethink boundaries with your you know however wherever you need to insert those boundaries whether it be in your relationships whether it be romantic, platonic, work, or even just boundaries with yourself. Maybe you're overstepping your own boundaries. Maybe you are not putting yourself first. Because another message that came up is stop trying to take care of everybody else. Take care of yourself. It's about you. Ultimately, it's about you. Yes, we should always hold space for other people. Yes, we should never be so caught up in ourselves that we can't lend a listening ear or we can't lend a hand or we can't help someone. Because our growth is centered around how we treat other people and how we show up for other people. But at the end of the day, you can't help somebody with something when you are drowning in your own work. You know, when you can't, you can't be there for someone when you need to be there for yourself. So now is the time to put your phone on do not disturb today and tomorrow and really sit with yourself and really, really take care of yourself. And this is just not something just to do now, like with all the, um, the transits that I talk about and all of the things that come up is constant work. These are just not things that you should just be doing. When there's a new moon or full moon, once in every... No, these are things that you should be doing every day so you can build that habit. So, for me, 
I'm going to do a ritual. I haven't done a ritual in a minute, but I'm going to do a ritual. I'm going to pamper myself because the girl loves self-care. Y'all know we love self-care over here. So I'm going to devote these next two days to self-care. I um, personally have been dealing with not issues of my own, but kind of like helping other people. And I'm happy that I have that I'm in a position where I can do this. Helping other people work through their emotions. And today, I honestly woke up exhausted. So tired today. And that's because I've been, you know, I I have extended myself. I won't particularly say that I have overextended myself, particularly with the work that I've been doing. But definitely have been extending parts of myself. And I think that this time, that this new moon is very telling. And this particular time is very telling for me because, again, it's, you know... It's everything's in sync. So I too am going to sit my ass down. I am so happy um, that this is a segment for today. I have been wanting to get around um, with sharing and talking about inner child healing and the importance of it. So, no better time than to talk about it now while we are we are experiencing this transit. So, what a lot of people may not know is that our inner child, so your inner child is basically your younger self. It is the baby you um, from, there isn't really from my knowledge um, or my studies specifically an age range or gap for the inner child. Um, For me, I personally, when I am doing my inner child work, um, it's more so whatever trauma or traumatic event or whatever, um, I'm lesson I'm trying to teach myself or whatever I'm trying to recover from is that moment is attached to a certain, um, a certain age, if that makes sense. So if I experienced, experienced some form of abandonment when I was eight. I'm tapping into my eight-year-old self, if that makes sense. So it is just, it's you, it's your younger self, and it's a part of your subconscious mind. Um, A lot of the, I don't want to keep using the word trauma. I need to find another word um, because it's not, I don't want to keep saying trauma, trauma, trauma. A lot of the, I'll just say things that, habits that we have, um, tendencies that we have as adults, a lot of that, um, a lot of those things were things that were developed when we were children and we kind of like stored those things in our subconscious mind. And with that, a lot of it is connected to our needs. Um, inner child work is connected to our needs to be seen, how we are treated by others, how we are loved, how we are accepted, and how we protected. 
And when those needs are met throughout our childhood, for whatever reason, we create inner child wounds, which is similar to, I did a post on Mother's Day about maternal wounds. So we sort of create, if you will, holes in us that are linked to, again, our needs to be loved, seen, kept safe, you know, protected, things of that sort. So some inner child wounds that um, may arise for us, one is a guilt wound. So for a guilt wound is basically you are afraid to do things. You find yourself questioning everything that you do. You feel like you need to you feel like you need to get permission for doing a certain thing. Or you may you may um easily feel guilty about the way you live your life, about the decisions that you make. It's like you constantly feel like you are going to be reprimanded if you do not make the right choice. And that comes from a childhood wound where a lot of times of how children are raised, specifically black parents, how they raise their children is there is not a lot of freedom or wiggle room to have an opinion. There's not a lot of freedom or wiggle room to make a mistake or to make your own choices. You have to be at a certain age to do so. And so that ultimately creates guilt as a kid. And when you become an adult, it's hard for you to then navigate certain situations without feeling guilty. And I also feel like it creates um, it creates space for manipulation, for you to be manipulated as an adult because you do not trust your own self. You do not trust your own logic. So therefore, someone can easily step in and tell you that it's wrong, even though your intuition is telling you that it's right. But that little child in you, that inner child needs guidance from someone because it doesn't trust you because you do not trust yourself. So that's what a guilt wound looks like. Another type of an inner child wound is an abandonment wound. And this is, a I feel like this is probably like a very common one amongst a lot of people. Um, and I feel like abandonment wounds are pretty much self-explanatory. So if you have experienced some type of abandonment as a child, whether it's, you know, ranging from a scale of zero to fucking DHS, you know what I'm saying? You know, however severe that abandonment that you face as a child. But I feel like all of us in some way, shape or form as kids face some type of abandonment. And so what that wound looks like when it gets when it goes unhealed in, into adulthood is feelings of being left out. You constantly feel amongst your friends that you are left out. You constantly feel like you're being left out at work. People who hate being alone. You can't stand to be by yourself. There's something about being alone that disrupts you to your core. 
codependency. This was a big one for me. My inner child, working with my inner child, taught me how codependent I am in relationships because of the um, emotional abandonment that I faced as a kid. And so I tend to, well, used to be, um, very needy in relationships and needy in a way of constantly needing attention, constantly needing to be recognized, constantly needing to be, you know, consoled. And that's because of the abandonment that I faced as a kid. Um, and with this, um, and in the reverse of it, from like an angry, abandoned inner child, it may look like constantly fleeting, fleeting. You constantly fleet situations where you feel uncomfortable, now you want to leave. Somebody says something to you, now you want to leave. Escapism, right? Another inner child wound is a trust wound. Someone betrayed your trust as a kid, as a child, and never apologized for that, to you for it. So now as an adult, you are afraid to be hurt again because your inner child is still hurt. So you don't trust people. You don't trust yourself. This goes back to the guilt wound with the manipulation, easily being easily able to be manipulated because you do not trust yourself. Feelings of um, insecurity, need of emotional validation, physical validation, things of that sort. And the last one that, that I came across on my research was the neglect wound. Struggling to let things go. You have low self-worth because you were neglected. You get angry easily because you were neglected. You have a hard time setting boundaries, saying no, because of the neglect that you felt in your in your life. It's like you're experiencing FOMO as an adult. You constantly have to be included, regardless if it's good or bad. And I feel like those of us who, who deal with neglect wounds are more prone to be in toxic relationships where we are being abused or used in some sort of way, but we experience neglect as an adult and we are afraid to be neglected again, to be abandoned again. So we succumb to these circumstances so that we can have somebody. So <laughs> if that did not, you know, shine a light on on you, if that did not, you know, give you, inspire you to take a moment and to like sit back and, and kind of reflect and um, identify what, which inner child wound you have not healed from, then I don't know. I don't know. But inner child, like I said, inner child, our inner child is, we are yoked to our inner child. And it's, it's like a, a teeter saw. So if your inner child is low, it's unfulfilled, it is hurt, it has never been healed, it has never been consoled. As an adult, you will never find peace. You will never feel whole. You will never feel together because the kid in you 
is still dealing with all of these things. So for me personally, I started doing inner child work back in 2020 and I um I had a subscription to this this online um bookstore, I forget the name of it, and I um I found an inner child workbook, forgot the name of that too. I'm going to do some research for y'all and I'll have it in the description box for y'all to use it because it is very, 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 very powerful. Um, It is also very, um, the book could be very difficult to work through because it really makes you turn inside and it makes you relive a lot of things from your childhood things that you have suppressed and some things that you have never even realized that you have forgot that happened to you um it it causes you to look at patterns generational patterns and it just it gives a lot of insight and for me that's where i started with the inner child work and I would do um, a prompt each day and um, it got really heavy. It got really heavy. And that's the one thing about that's one thing about any type of healing work, whether it's inner child, whether it's shadow work, whatever it is, you have to always reserve space for yourself and you have to always move with care even when you are doing much needed deep rooted healing you still have to move with care because I read something that said that some people um some people get lost amongst this journey some people kind of like fall really deep inside the the black hole if you will and they kind of get sucked into what they have been trying to heal from. So in essence, if you do not come up from air when you're doing healing work, again, if you do not move with um, love, with peace, um, with yourself, you can open up, a, you, you, you'll find yourself that you have opened up a closet and all of the demons have come out and you have gotten so caught up that you are no longer healing. You are kind of like stuck, if you will, and kind of like this pit. That's how, you know, how deep it can get if you let it. So I say that to say that when doing inner child work, you have to move with caution. And so for me, I did it. I didn't, I did not finish the book. I did enough to where I could start to see beyond what I felt like I was dealing with. And I really got to see what the issues really were. And I got to really see who I had the biggest problem with and why. And it was, it was, it was rough because with a part of inner child work for for me, I feel like a major part of it is, of course, identifying you know, what happens to you, reparenting yourself, but it's also confronting the people who have hurt you. Mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, grandma, whomever. 
a part of that is confronting those people and letting them know. And I think that that is the hardest part. That is the scariest part because you don't know if you are going to be validated or if you are going to be ignored. And for me, with some people, I was validated and I received immediate apologies. And with others, I wasn't. With others, people um, negated what I had to say. They told me that it was displaced anger. They told me that it wasn't valid. They told me that, you know, I'm coming for the wrong person. And I had to find peace with that because at the end of the day, it's your perception. This is what happened to you. Can't nobody tell you, well, you took it. I mean, I feel like, yeah, to a certain extent, people can say, well, that wasn't my intent. But it's a difference between, you know, saying that wasn't my intent and saying you're absolutely wrong. You're incorrect. So when doing this work, inner child work, be prepared. Be prepared for people to not take accountability for what they did. And that's okay because the biggest part about inner child work is reparenting. So I'm the kind of person, I'm a solution-based person. Okay, I get it. We doing this, but what is, what is the reason why we doing this? What is the outcome? What is the point, right? So the point of all the inner child work that you're doing is, of course, to heal that wound and to, of course, evolve and to, of course, you know, mature, but also it is to reparent yourself. So some of you may ask, well, what is reparenting? And I feel like that's self-explanatory. Reparenting is being the parent that you did not have in whatever shape or form, because let's be real. Nobody is perfect. None of us are perfect. Our parents aren't perfect. And sometimes you have to go behind them and give yourself what they cannot give you. And that's reparenting. And so um, I'll share some ways. So some ways that you can reparent yourself is I also feel like I I shared this on Instagram as well. First thing is to release the blame. So you have to forgive, you know, and you have to understand that people treat you how they've been treated. People project onto you what they are going they are dealing with and that's that's the biggest that's the biggest lesson that I have learned throughout this entire journey is people will project their insecurities onto you their fears onto you their self-hate onto you if you let them and basically what happens when you are reparenting yourself it's you are correcting behavior of a parent who basically were you know, projecting their own emotional wounds onto you, their hurt onto you. And so you then have to release that blame and forgive them for what they did so that you can then go in and fill that void. Another way to reparent yourself is to create healthier habits around things, okay? And for me, this is like when I am slacking and I know that I'm supposed to be doing something um, that I've been avoiding, I have a certain kind of tone of voice that I say to myself, like in my mind, it's very, um, it's very loving, but it's very, 
um, f- not I want to say forceful. It's very loving, but it's motivating at the same time. And I feel like a huge part of reparenting yourself is developing a tone or developing a certain type of language that you needed as a child and creating healthier habits around that of just life habits of how you take care of yourself, of how you show up for yourself. Create new habits. Rectify what your parents didn't do. Create those new habits in yourself. Another way to um, reparent yourself is to be your own protector. And in being your own protector, you have to have discernment of am what I am what I'm doing is what I'm doing, not in what I'm doing. Is what I'm doing harmful or helpful? Is this going to help me grow or am I going to shrink? You have to have that authority over your own self to, to look out for yourself. And this goes back to creating better habits. But you have to have that mindset. You have to be aware And the best part about reparenting yourself is experimenting and it's playing. A huge part of our inner child work is play. It's about connecting to the things that made you happy as a kid. It's about creativity. It's about not being, um, not being ashamed, not being prideful. It's about having a good time. So, while, like I said, while the work can be heavy and deep, I think at the most basic level, if you are doing inner child work or you're interested in, I honestly think that everybody should, is to play. Play. Do what makes you happy. Do what will make your 8, 9, 10-year-old self smile. If you used to like to play dress up as a kid Go out and redo your wardrobe. Make a lookbook. If you like to play chef as a kid, you know, search a, a crazy recipe that you would like to redo. Experiment. And with that, with that play aspect of it, you will also start to cultivate and create new hobbies. And those new hobbies may very well grow into something larger. So I highly encourage you all to do it. Um, I'm still doing my inner child work. I don't necessarily do any type of like prompts anymore Um, because at this point, and it's really at this point in my journey, it's just like when things come up, I deal with them as they, as they arise. I'm not really, um, I feel like in the beginning, I was trying to tackle everything but now I'm just like this journey is a infinite journey and never ends so with that being said I don't have to chase 
my healing, if that makes sense. I allow it to come to me and I just allow it to happen. So um, whenever my inner child is triggered and I know I now know what triggers my inner child, I, you know, I speak soft words to myself. I speak affirmations to myself. I, I reassure myself and I make sure that how I treat myself is how I always wanted to be treated as a kid. And I have found that my inner child has shaped my life, has impacted my life um, now in such a huge way. My inner child is honestly... I feel like my inner child is my higher self sometimes because the amount of wisdom, the amount of truth, the amount of of encouragement that comes through when I do my inner child work is insane. And so that's why I really, really, really encourage y'all to do it because it, it, it will really change your life. It will really change your life. So that is a wrap. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Oh my god, yes. If you are not already um subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. More importantly, keep up with us on Instagram. You can find us at three number three moons with an S dot self care. Again, that's three, the number three moons dot self care on Instagram. Again, my name is Unique, aka Rich Brown Girl, and I thank you guys so much for tuning in. I send you nothing but peace, love, and light, and protection, and I hope you guys have a beautiful, beautiful new moon.